Now on Tucson Business Radio X, Heather Wilpert from the Tucson Metro Chamber and her guests for The Business of. Hello and welcome to the inaugural edition of The Business Of, where we'll focus on different theme each month and how it relates to business in Tucson. I'm Heather Wolpern, the Director of Communications at Tucson Metro Chamber, and we're recording today this live podcast at Tucson Business Radio X studio inside the Stort Title Building on Broadway Boulevard. This month's conversation will focus on the business of travel and the tourism industry in Tucson. It's amazing to think that so often when people think of travel, they're thinking of being under palm trees and not necessarily how it affects the economic impact of their own town. But the tourism industry is big business. And in fact, in Tucson, it ranks number two for economic impact with aerospace and defense as number one. So we will be talking about that a little bit today and uh, amazing statistics such as just in Pima County alone, there are 24,000 jobs that stem from the tourism industry. Think about all the restaurants, think about the hotels, people driving people from place to place, that all stems from tourism. So it's big business. So let's get the conversation started today. I'd like to introduce my three guests. And let's start with Misty Shafigala. She is actually the owner of Cruise Planners, but does much more than cruises. We'll learn about that coming up. And then also Dan Gibson. He's been around town for quite a while as the Senior Director of Communications at Visit Tucson. And then Chris Schmaltz, the General Counsel at the Tucson Airport Authority. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Well done. <laughs> All of our names. Well, that yours was is tricky. For, Say for, yours yeah, yourself, some... Misty. Misty Shafikula. Right. And Woolpern. Who has Very a name nice. like Woolpern? Oh, and then... Thank God for Gibson. Yeah, I, I, they've got that going for me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's easy to the pronounce. Sa- yeah, sa- sa- I, I, I aimed that way. <laughs> I thought about that it a lot. That was the plan? Going, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ask well, my that's parents. Very well done. Yeah, kudos, for something kudos to you. mildly generic. For a generic, that generic would, uh, last name. It hides me in Google results, too, which is a nice... <laughs> it's me and a uh, dead yeah. Canadian nature my photographer. Na- my name, uh, there's a few other schmaltzes, and my name <laughs> ends up on the page four or five. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. There are more wool prints out there than I actually realized, <laughs> but they're mostly in Germany. Anyway, what I love about the three guests that I have here today is each one of you represents a different aspect of travel or tourism. So, for example, Misty, you're mostly having people leave Tucson, but one of the beauties of that is whenever you travel, I think one of the best things for me personally is appreciating Tucson more and more every time I leave. So, no matter how much of the world I've seen, and I've seen a fair amount, I love coming back to Tucson. And so, yes, Heather, I love that I can send people out of Tucson to see the world. But then I've also introduced Southern Arizona and Tucson to a lot of my clients that are coming from out of state. A lot of those people end up loving Arizona so much that they will end up moving here later. But it's a great opportunity. It's a great home base and a place to represent when we're out in the world and talking about where we come from and where we live. That's exactly right. And it's being an ambassador when you are from Tucson and you're going out and about. The more we say where we're from and what we love about it, we let people know that it's more than tumbleweeds or whatever their expectation of Tucson is. And I love that at Visit Tucson, Dan, now you have that Certified Tourism Ambassador Program, and that's about being ambassadors in our own town with our visitors. And it's the same sort of thing, but on a local level. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that's changed in the last you know five years or so in the way that Visit Tucson approaches this and other uh, destination marketing organizations, a sort of fancy term for what we do, is that as much of it is about outreach to the community itself as well as, A, you want people in the city itself or the municipality to be proud of the destination, right? Mm-hmm. Is um, a, a sort of media has dissipated in some ways, and and some of the ways that we connect to people have, have changed. Uh, 
you talk about you think about Tucsonans being out and, and posting interesting things on Instagram of right. of events they went to or or sharing with people around them like what they've done mm-hmm. or what's exciting about the space it, it goes a long way and and it's funny because we have you know our our uh, you have some experience with it our visitor guide you know mm-hmm. it's it it was the the strategy for a long time is just get it all of them out as much right. as possible but now it's you know get some in the community as well you want people to fall in love with the place that they live because that's the most like direct most people a lot of people travel because they want to visit friends or family and you mm-hmm. want those friends and family in tucson to be you know enthusiastic about the the sense of place exactly so what i was saying was so misty is sending people away but then they'll hopefully through tucson the airport more. right exactly <laughs> yes. i'm, get, I'm getting to you next mm-hmm. exactly i'm getting to you next and then dan is attracting people to tucson but then chris you're sending people to and from Tucson. That's but, right. Yeah. But the airport is more than just getting people to and from Tucson, though. So tell us more about what you have going on. That's exactly right. Um, we obviously are an airport, and so people, business travelers as well as tourism, et cetera, people fly through and arrive uh, on the airlines that serve our community through right. our airport. But we have many other users of our airport, right? We have uh, the Air National Guard base that's Uh at the airport. Um, They use our runways and they share our runways just like uh, the commercial airlines. We have a robust general aviation community um, that fly both at Tucson International as well as Ryan Airfield. Mm -hmm. Um, And Tucson Airport Authority operates that airport system, both Tucson International as well as Ryan. So we have those users and we have our tenants. Um, Raytheon is a tenant. Bombardier is a tenant. Aerovation is a tenant. We have many aerospace and defense related tenants as well. And so they are also users of our airport. We, We like to say and I like to say in my work that I do, part of what I do is as general counsel, I advise the board and the executive team, et cetera. But I also help to coordinate and lead our government affairs effort. And part of that communication effort is to make sure that our public policy um, folks, legislators at the state level and at the federal level, understand that the airport is an economic engine. Um, We're not just travelers in and out, right? Right. We are that primarily because that's what we do and that's what we're good at. But we also have land that we lease to our users and the other users of the airport employ people here in our community. And so that's what we a, like to hear at the key, chamber. <laughs> yeah, it's a key um, it's a key element of what we do is, is making sure that our tenants are successful, because if they're successful, um, they are employing people who are receiving high wages and spending right. that money here as well as on cruises and elsewhere. So. Exactly. Exactly. And I've been to the airport recently and I'm loving all the improvements. So tell us about that if someone hasn't been lately, some of the things that have happened. Yeah, if you haven't been to the airport recently, what are you doing with right. your life? Right. Uh, please come Road to the trips airport. Trips are great too, but the airport's amazing. The, uh, the airport <laughs> is amazing. Yeah, we just uh, last year we finished um, a 20 million dollar plus refurbishing wow of the terminal um, and the work is never done so once we finished that um, the terminal the upgrades in the terminal dramatic in terms of relocating um, the checkpoints for Mm -hmm. both a and b Um, they make it much easier for folks to arrive and get through uh, airport security the tsa to get to their gate Mm -hmm. we also have done improvements with gate c now uh, we have a concourse b concourse and now c concourse that C concourse is was using a facility that we're, um, we weren't using at the time, but we have developed it to attract any airline actually can use gate C. Okay. But it's primarily targeted at those ultra low cost carriers mm-hmm. um, to use because there's different level of amenities in gate C. Right. And it attracts the allegiance of the world, the frontiers Frontier. of the world, sun country, you know, that kind of thing. Right. The only airport uh, air, airline that's currently using gate C is Allegiant. Um, but as I said, it's open to any of the airlines that are operating in and out of our airport now. And I, right. And I saw just today that Frontier is coming back with the nonstops to Denver a week early or something yes. like that. And they're amazing sales. So I went online. <laughs> and checked it out. I have a daughter who goes to college in Denver. And I remember, actually, when she was saying, I absolutely want to go out of state for college, I printed out the map mm-hmm. of nonstop flights and said, well, 
if we can't drive there easily, pick one of these nonstop flights. I yes. don't want you stuck somewhere coming home for Christmas. November 14th, uh, yeah. they are back and right. flying um, uh, direct flights to uh, Denver. And uh, yeah, the fares are ridiculously yeah. low. That's so, great. Yes, but That's so get on the website and catch them while you can because they do sell out. I will be using that flight to go to Colorado to visit family and go skiing, et cetera. Fantastic. So, yep, for sure. That's great. So, Misty, tell us a little bit more about your background is so interesting, how you used to be a civil engineer and worked for the government for many, many years. And you started your travel agency as a side hustle, really. But now you're retired and you're going full steam ahead with this. Yeah. So, Heather, I realized that I was getting close to completing my 30 years of federal service. Wow. And so about six years ago, I went to Pima Community College and I got an associate's in business with a travel and tourism focus which was essential for someone who got their degree in engineering and really had little exposure to right. business classes. Mm -hmm. I had, of course, learned on the job a lot of business principles, but it was great to go back to school and learn about the travel and tourism industry and being a business owner. So I ended up buying a franchise with Cruise Planners, which is a award-winning franchise based in Fort Lauderdale. And I've been working that business now part-time, but I'm getting ready to launch the business full-time in January since That's I exciting. recently retired. So it's been a great opportunity to explore all of the opportunities for travel, whether it be land-based or cruises, sure. that type of thing, and get to know some of the suppliers, some of the destinations, build up my own education, certifications, and that type of thing. Right. You're gaining a lot of letters after your name now, I noticed. Yes. You keep yes. adding on. <laughs> exactly. Um, I've gotten involved with different associations that are uh, involved in travel, like CLIA, which is the cruise line um, association and the travel advisors association, that type of thing, which has been a great opportunity. But one of the things that I was lacking on was where do I start? Right. And so I reached out to Tucson Metro Chamber <laughs> and Carrie introduced me to Tucson Startup, right. which I had never heard startup of. And Tucson. For those who haven't heard of Startup Tucson, they are a nonprofit that really assists the entrepreneurs in Tucson. Right. So in order to become part of that group, you have to go to a startup lab, and they offer these monthly. Mm -hmm. So I went to the startup lab, and they introduced me to the one-page business plan, which I had never heard of. And I found it to be a great tool for me because I've got a lot of different niches that sure. I'm exploring in my business. And so the one page business plan was a wonderful tool to explore maybe a certain destination mm -hmm. and how to I'm help going you to focus. Exactly. Right. To concentrate your marketing. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. The uh, Tucson startup, Startup Tucson mm -hmm. also introduced me to SCORE and I ended mm -hmm. up going to a couple of their classes sure. at the library. And lo and behold, the Tucson library has a great amount of resources for the business community. So that was another part of this web that came That's fantastic. to me. And then to bring it full circle, my involvement with Startup Tucson enabled me to join the chamber at the startup right. membership level. Right. And that's a new thing for us, actually. We wanted to make it so anyone, whether they're a recently graduated student who came up with their business plan and got their business license but doesn't really know what to do next, or a startup company like yourself, where so much of what makes a business successful is the relationships you build and the connections you make. And so with the chamber, we have so many opportunities to connect with people. And so we realize that not everyone can come in at the highest level, but even if you can get your foot in the door with the students and startups level, you can at least start making, building those relationships. And yeah, so and that's you were one of key. our first two, I believe, right? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I was the second. And it's right. been a, a, an amazing opportunity oh, that's great for networking and exposure. Um, the, cham uh, the chamber has 
they put up these monthly happy hours right. called Chamber Exchange, and mm -hmm. I've been to a couple of those. They had this great event called the Speed Networking that right. they offer, which was a lot of fun. In an hour, I met over 16 other business owners. Right. Talked and it's about so my high business. energy, yes. but you, it's a... An hour goes by so fast, right. but that was a wonderful experience. And then just by being a member, of course, I've got a presence on the Chamber's website. So I'm able to post travel deals, events, news about my company, that sort of thing. And what I'm really looking forward to is the Chamber's offering of a ribbon, ribbon cutting yeah. ceremony. Mm -hmm. Even for those of us that have a home-based business, they will host this at their office. Mm -hmm. And it's just a way to get the word out that I'm in business exactly. and, and what I'm about. So the Tucson Metro Chamber and the Startup Tucson Partnership has been a great foundation oh, we for love my hearing success. That. Yay, we love hearing that. That's great. And ribbon cuttings are really a lot of fun, too. And the whole uh, proclamation reading where everybody's saying they're whereas, you'll, you'll have to go to one to, to know what the heck I'm talking about. But they're a lot of fun, I, I promise. So, Dan, let's hear yeah. more about you. So, the Visit Tucson has just launched this 10-year master plan. It's been a big deal, a it ton has. of research. Yeah. Just tell us what you've discovered from that and what your next steps are. Well, that's interesting. You know, I mean, it. I think, you know, we're, as we're talking about tourism, you know, I think you mentioned the number of jobs. And I think yeah. it's hard to sort of get your head around it because it is sort of like an invisible business sometimes. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, you, you, I talk to people and they're like, well, you know, people are going to come no matter what. And I'm like, well, that, there is there is a degree of that that's true. But I mean, but it does enhancing that business and really talking about it is it's it's work. It takes work. People can make an infinite number of travel decisions. I was in Philadelphia this weekend at a work thing, and you know, and you're just looking at the airport, and you're like, oh, the, from Philadelphia, a city which doesn't have the biggest airport, right. they can go to Paris or Saint Croix exactly. or you know, fill in the blank. Right? It, it's mm -hmm. it, it's really competitive, and mm -hmm. and that's just talking nonstop destinations. Then you add one stop destinations, all these things, and so it's really just you know, how do you get in front of people? How do you um, it's a you know it's a two point four six million billion dollar business uh, in what visitors spend in Pima County every year and and we work hard to sort of increase that. So the master plan is really this: where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. uh, how is this business changing? Tourism is changing quite a bit. Um, what are the things that Tucson can do better? Uh, the sort of Metro Tucson area. What are the things that uh, will attract the next generation of travelers? Uh, what will bring more conventions to Tucson? What will uh, bring more leisure business to Tucson? Sort of this right. whole scope of things. And mm -hmm. we don't want to rest on our laurels or sort of pretend that this is always going to be the same way it is. Uh, before they were called uh, convention and visitors bureaus. That's right. like... Not that long ago. I and that was that, MTCVB. Yeah. I would was... give monthly seminars on what the internet was and why everyone <laughs> should have an email. And yes, internet. other people will have yeah. emails too. What Wildly it? overrated. What is, what is but yes. This yeah. is a browser. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it was like podcast? that. What's we, a podcast? <laughs> back then it was the convention it was yeah. the right. big big part of it really convention was the part that came first and now we're talking lately it's been destination marketing organizations now people we talk about destination management organizations right. it's changing right it's not just the idea of talking about tucson it's also how do we how do we develop more opportunities for tourists um there's things that are almost entirely out of our control like uh hotel development and things like that sure. but but we can talk about uh, Visit Tucson was a part of uh, launching Sonoran Restaurant Week, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, great. and so it was an idea of like, how do we talk about restaurants in a way that gives people a hook, especially from Phoenix to come down and experience great Tucson food, uh, working with events now. And, and so the master plan, voluminous, and you can read it all on visittucson.org if you want to delve mm -hmm. into a lot of the suggestions. It's like a, like a 200 page document and it's going to mean a lot of committees which are great um, and, and, and moving on from there. But it's, it's these main focus foci of uh, trying to establish Tucson as a capital of well-being um, in, in a lot of different varieties of what that means. Uh, enhancing, uh, still continuing on the city of gastronomy path, uh, right. which has been such an amazing sort oh, of yes. boost for what we've done. Mm -hmm. um, and then the one that I've been working on in particular lately is really trying to Tucson has such incredibly bi uh, incredible bicycling assets. Bicycling assets. Yes. Um, 
it's sort of getting people us on that sort of top five list of great places to ride. And I've so noticed it's it's been a push. It really has been a big thing. What mm-hmm. we what we sort of did with food, um, which the numbers are really out, outstanding. Uh, the in the last three years, um, spending of visitors in Pima County on restaurants went up forty eight million dollars. Um, which is a big, wow. about, yeah, and it, that's real spending happening in this community. You right. know what I mean? It's it's jobs that were created. It's it's uh, local, and and with Tucson being about like 60 seventy percent of the restaurants in Tucson are locally owned, mm-hmm. which is higher percentage than nearly anywhere in the country. Oh, More of that money really is staying in the community. Uh-huh. But now we're trying to sort of apply that same thing uh, to bicycling. Right. Uh, Tucson has an incredible amount of opportunities from road biking, now urban that the biking. the loop is finished. Yeah, which is incredible. Uh, mountain biking, gravel sure. riding, all these things. Have you seen, um, we at the airport, uh, I suspect, because I think a lot of businesses are having to confront this, is, is that my guess is the plan reflects a multi-generational approach. Yeah, for sure. Because... Y- you can't just rely on sort of the standard, the old West is the attractor anymore. Yeah, and I very right. much appreciate the, um, the idea that you're, we're promoting Tucson and certainly at the airport, we do this, um, because we're branching our marketing into, um, influencers, sure. um, right. and utilizing influencers to appeal to a younger generation to, talk about how easy it is and how great the food is at the mm-hmm. airport mm-hmm. and how easy it is to get in and out of the Tucson airport. That's a fact. Because you want to take, they don't have a car, you take an Uber, you get to the airport, you get in and out, and then you can have a great meal at the airport. And so... Uh, I saw and, a Happily Pink blog did a, uh, this weekend. Yes. She went to Bellingham, I believe. That's right. Uh, and so, yeah, no, it, it's, it really is a brave new world in that space. For sure. Because, I mean... Uh, five years ago, ten years ago, you would be like, "Oh, we're going to buy an ad in Sunset." Right, like we're right. going to buy a full page ad in Sunset. Right, right. we're going to send out some visitor guides, and then we're just going to wait for the people to come in, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> our marketing team, uh, our marketing team has two. Uh, uh, I'll say younger people, certainly younger than me, um, and they uh, they are active in this space. Yeah. They're they are marketers who want to tap into sort of exactly that. We we absolutely appeal to sort of the leisure older generation mm-hmm. sort of traveler and we have uh, approaches and and parts of our marketing plan that appeal to sort of that segment but certainly they are very focused on making sure that the segment that's tapped into Instagram mm-hmm. and YouTube mm-hmm. and those kinds of outlets are hearing the message uh, about the Tucson airport and right. the ability to get in and out and go see destinations that are awesome yeah. I'm hearing more and more about how video truly is where everything is driving next. So are you making more efforts in the video? Well, I know Visit Tucson is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it really is. It. I think about how my, my daughter is 11, my, my son is 17, but, you know, they largely interact with the Internet through video, right. um, whether that's YouTube primarily, but also Instagram. They'll go they look at stories, but don't go exactly. through the feed right. or my daughter. The Internet that matters to her most is TikTok. Now, we have not gotten to TikTok levels of marketing yet. I mean, I guess we probably will at some point, right. but it really is like, how do you connect to people where they can have this sort of visceral connection right. to say like, oh, that's what it looks like. And I can see myself there. Mm-hmm. And I th- that's the biggest part. And so we you know, that's telling stories about local merchants. We did a video series that's out now that's with uh, HF Coors and uh, Whiskey Del HF Coors. I pick up plates at restaurants yeah, yeah. and look at the bottom. Wildly to see underrated. Coors. Like th- th- that business should go exists. The first yeah. Saturday of every month at 7 30 in the morning. You're ruining that for us, but that's oh, fine. Oh, shit. Yeah, good, <laughs> job. good job. Good right. job. Uh, right. Why would you say that out loud? Sorry, sorry. Oh, nobody's listening. I know. To this. I almost fine. don't want to tell people <laughs> we'll be about fine. Tucson, too, because I want to keep it all myself it is a fascinating thing this this town has that that (laughs) that vibe at times where it's like well why would you go tell people (laughs) yeah right (laughs) we want them to succeed yeah yeah because it's free money i mean that's what i always tell people it's like if you'd like nice roads and parks and schools and Uh, all of these assets you're right take in the two billion dollars and like we just it's it will take it yeah it's it's all good stuff hey real quick back to bikes i remember speaking with Dan Hatfield from, isn't he? From, yes, yeah. he is. At a visit to my former co-worker meeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was talking about how they're, 
they're trying to make it easier to travel with your own bike. Oh, yes. What's happening with that? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. Dave Hatfield and I are working on this. This oh, is a, such a fun project. Um, <laughs> so we're... Uh, the, that was a while ago. That was a good... It's finally like, coming together, okay, which good. is great news. But I, in the next, uh, who knows, six months or so, the idea mm-hmm. is that we will have, uh, in most likely in the baggage area, a assembly disassembly station for uh Bicyclists. So some airports, Portland, uh, San Francisco, Seattle, a couple others, not many, to be honest, have a station in which you can uh, it gives you an opportunity to take your bike and break it down so that you can put it in a box or I see them going coming through the airport terminal all the time where Uh they've they've essentially disassembled their bike into their large component parts, Mm -hmm. put it into a case that they're going to travel with and they're pulling it along. And it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're it, great. No, no, no. Does it go yeah. in the belly of the plane? Yes. Yeah. And that's safe. You it's check it. not injured you, or You anything. check it in the plane. Mm-hmm. It's not injured. You get to your destination. They reassemble and it. you're on your yeah. own on bike. On the destination. And we want people tour. to come in to Tucson mm-hmm. and do that right. at the airport. You'll be amazed a number of travelers that, especially who come into the city now, who are not going to get a car at all. I mean, they're going to That's bike right. the entire way. And, and you know, the proximity of the loop to the airport is really helpful in that sense as well. And so we want to give people that opportunity. If you want to ride in and out of this airport, in the airport, we want to make that as simple as possible. So the idea, and, and thank goodness for the airport authority for being so helpful with this, is this is like one of these, like, I, Dave Hatfield and I used to sit next to each other uh, when he edited Inside Tucson Business and I edited the weekly. So he gets the brunt of my bad ideas all the time. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? I think we can do that one. And so we're That's looking great. at a placement, but it also, also it's a signifier to bike tourists that we care about. Them. That's exactly right. And right. so I came in through Portland. I didn't bring my bike, but I saw the station and I'm like, oh, Portland cares about bikes. And the destination cares about bikes. I love that. So it's to, it, it'll be a display, and we'll have bike guides there as well and okay. maps. So it so, is happening. It's just a matter of time? For yeah, it it's 100%. a little bit of a logistical thing. Okay. But, uh, I mean, you're having to, like, drill holes in the floor and all ah. this stuff. And so turns out <laughs> at the airport... Uh-huh. Mildly picky about construction. Uh, it's, not, it's not the easiest Darn thing to pull. Codes. Mildly picky <laughs> about where things go that we're going to affix to the floor yes, or the wall. Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes we, we tend to be that way. So, Misty, let's get back to you a little bit. I'm sure you've put together, whether it be biking tours or all sorts of things, tell us about some of the most unusual packages you have assembled for people. Well, there's been a lot of them. They're all individual, of course, uh-huh. and they're all fun to put together because I get to live vicariously right. through my clients. <laughs> I'm doing all this research, whether I've been there in the past and I'm revisiting it in my uh-huh. mind or places I've never been. And so I really need to dig in deeper. Right. One of the fun trips I put together, though, was for a really dear friend, and it was for her and her husband and their honeymoon. And it was a second marriage for both. And so I put together a kind of a la carte, if you will, trip to Italy for them. And that involved getting them all of their flights, their trains, their transfers to and from the airport, all of their hotels, resorts, their tours. And then I introduced them to the concept of a honeymoon registry. And they... I've seen more and more of that. And I love that idea. It's a great idea for example for a couple that has been married before so they don't need any of the usual registry Mm -hmm. items Mm -hmm. and so this gave them an opportunity to help with the cost of that trip and get everyone kind of excited and following their honeymoon trip when they went so that was that was a favorite that's great and especially because you're going to get so much more out of, an, out of an experience than you are from a serving platter exactly or whatever from yeah <laughs> it's changing that way i mean i think uh-huh. that like that people especially young millennials and post millennials and all these groups of people you'd really do value experiences like everything else and so you look at it and they're like well i'd much rather have it's all about the experience it's all about the instagram opportunity yeah, it's all about i'm going somewhere and no one else has ever been and i'm going to be able to share this on social media and then everyone's going to be very interested in where i went and they're going to want to go so mm-hmm. it's very much like that experiences and actually people traveling so that they might be able to volunteer in a destination mm-hmm. or that type mm-hmm. of experience so it is very evolving and the reasons behind people's travel and really what they're looking to get out of their personal 
leisure travel. And speaking of leisure, Dan was kind enough to write an article in our Chamber Edge magazine about leisure travel. That's what I was doing in Philly. Yeah, and I do that as often as I can. (laughs) And I suggest it. Why not add a few days to your business trip and get to know a city a little bit better? For better or for worse, that's how a lot of people are. I mean, it is this is some people's vacation is the evening of after a conference exactly. or, or adding a couple days or things like that. It makes that. me and, sad. I know, <laughs> it makes me sad too. That's some people's vacation. They Hopefully should, not. You should use it. Yeah, yeah, it's reality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Always use your vacation days. Yes. Every agree. single always last one. Use your vacation I've days. I've always had coworkers who have ample unused vacation days and I think that they should be penalized for that. <laughs> That's a crime in my book. I always want more. I'm a Chris fan. and I'll take them. Yeah, That's fine. I'd be happy to. Yeah. 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 With the federal yeah. government, Seriously. a lot of people used to be in the use or lose category yeah. at the end of the year uh-huh. where they were going to lose their vacation time if they didn't use it. And I always subscribe to the earn and burn. <laughs> I'm going to earn it. I'm yeah. going to use it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, I tend to try. I tend to you know, get through life because I'm thinking about my next vacation and I'm excited about the next one. When that one's over, I'm planning the next one. I have to admit, however, though, that I am guilty of the I'm going to a conference in D.C. I'm yeah. going up on the hill to meet right. various people, and then I stay an extra night because I have friends in D.C. I practiced in D.C. Right. And so you take that extra day to go to uh, the Smithsonian yeah. or whatever. Exactly. I think it makes perfect sense yep. to do that. Yep. It's just it's funny when it's like people aren't even taking that day. Right. right. So they go right back home. <laughs> yeah. I, right. Well, I went somewhere. They're on a five thirty flight. <laughs> yeah. Like, How to catch that flight back to <laughs> Tucson? Right. Or, right. Yeah, wherever. So. Exactly. I think it's interesting though. I mean. I, that I think uh, you see these trends in the sort of travel advisor, travel agent, like for millennials and again, you know, all the groups young, younger than that, that that having that advisor or someone who can handle all of those details is really coming back. It really there was is. a trend. I mean, there was yes. some years where it was like all the travel agencies were closing down, all this stuff. But yeah, they, were, they were back, all brick back, and back. mortar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they went away. And now it is really growing. And I think part of that is there is so much information out sure. there. Online. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming and it's time consuming. And so if you can have someone who's not only going to give you personalized service, but be your personal advocate when or if things go wrong. If you've got someone who's going to be helping you navigate through some canceled flights or help get you out of a hotel that doesn't quite meet your expectations Mm -hmm. or something, it's nice to know that you have someone because you're not always going to have that if you booked it online. You're not going to have a body or a person to go back and talk to and help you navigate through these things so i think that having a travel advisor is coming back in vogue and it really is a time saver and gets the traveler the value that they might not get if they went out on their own and just tried to put it all together themselves right because i'm sure you do have some perks that you have yes we have access to deals we have access to um Groups, oftentimes, it's not that you're part of a group when you travel, but the travel advisor has put a group together and you get to avail yourself of that. A lot of times that comes with some extra amenities, just if you're booking in their group space. We also have um, early uh, an opportunity to book early and have a savings maybe through early booking that the client might mm-hmm. not find online themselves. Right. We also have access to airline consolidators, which doesn't really help you out if you're flying domestically, but certainly there are deals out there when you're flying internationally that we can help guide our clients to that they would never be able to find otherwise. So Mm -hmm. I do think it's coming back and it is evolving and it is all about influencers and it is all about social media and content. And I've been very excited. It's all very new to me as an older generation and interacting with Startup Tucson and a lot of these young folks who they grew up with this technology. And so having the ability to kind of lean on them and find out what are they doing, you know, how are they doing it, and to start to put that into play because it is such a new business world out there. 
Right. In some ways, it's not. It's funny because I think there's, there's elements of that aren't different at all, right? It really is still like people want to catch up to a narrative, some sort of story they can see themselves a part of. I mean, it's difficult to sort of parse that at like the 15 seconds of whatever attention span people have. Right. It's just like give people something they can connect to and they just want to see it more personal. I think it's just because it's broken down these like the you can't all the brands are sort of have dissolved and none of that stuff matters anymore it's just like well, i want to see a person who looks like me who feels like right. the sort of things i want to do and i want to see them in paris like i want to know what they like because it's the infinite there's too much it's just too much to process or, or see people who don't look like me yeah, who are right. having experiences like through that. their lens um that i may want to experience but i have no idea what it's about and, right. or how to get there or what to do about it but then I get to sort of vicariously live through a different perspective, yes. different cultural perspective, mm -hmm. et cetera, to see sort of what that experience is and, and help me decide, okay, I want to do that. And that's the, the, uh, the, what you offer exactly. to folks is a curated approach, which I totally appreciate because that's the paradox of our time, right, is that we have access to all the information all the time. Right. And that is the problem is, is that we can access it. I can access it in my on my phone right now. A trip to Italy, mm -hmm. except is a, it's a million websites exactly offering right. a million different ways to get there. Um, a million and how different do you compare things the to apples do and the oranges, That's and right. and then there are the horror stories where someone has gone out online. I just heard on social media a big group was going to Peru, and then I just saw where she posted. Somehow they must have gotten involved with someone who was not scrupulous, mm. oh, and their whole trip is canceled. So there's there's all these things out nice. there, and if you don't really know who mm -hmm. you're dealing with, unfortunately, you could get caught up in something yeah, like that. For sure, exactly. For sure. Well, let's bring it back to the economics of Tucson a little bit. So one of the things that is so important, but people might not realize the how or the why, <laughs> is the fly Tucson first. Uh, aspect of things. Yes. And tell us more about that. That campaign is uh, um, really had its origins with business leaders, Howard Stewart uh, right. and, um, and the Tucson Metro Chambers um, Public Policy Committee, which I am on. Mm -hmm. um, and a small group of us sort of put together the effort to really focus people's attention on choosing to fly out of the Tucson International Airport. Right. One of our challenges, obviously, is that we there is a very nice, um, very large airport to the north. What do you mean? Um, I don't um, <laughs> I don't know that uh, people uh, make a decision to drive to, to fly out of for and a pay variety a lot of, for parking for a variety of reasons. Yes, the part of the part of the goal of Fly Tucson first is to get people to think about all the components of making the choice to drive to the north to fly out of that airport versus the economics of cheaper parking in Tucson, ease of getting onto the flight, um, the economics of parking at the Tucson uh, air mm -hmm. airport versus parking at the other airport. I think it's a third uh, the, 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 the price. It, it can vary, but it's cheaper for sure. For sure. Um, and then also the pledge is targeted at business leaders making the decision to evaluate the costs associated uh, with flying out of Tucson versus flying out of another airport and all the factors of cost that go into allowing their employees or encouraging their employees to fly from here, from Tucson, versus another airport because... There is gas costs associated with that. There is wear and tear on a vehicle. There is the time associated with doing that right. in the business day. Exactly. All of that has a cost associated with it. And so the idea behind the Fly Tucson First pledge, especially for business leaders in Tucson, is to make that pledge that they're going to evaluate closely all of these factors to make a determination about mm -hmm. and commit to when they can fly right. out of the Tucson airport. It's a hugely, it's a brilliant idea. It's a hugely important campaign for us and Clear Channel Outdoor um, helped to promote and put billboards up. You've probably right. seen them around town promoting the Fly Tucson First idea. And we've been promoting that pledge among business leaders. And why it's so important to have business leaders lead that effort is they are the decision makers with right. regard to especially their their teams of employees 
flying out of Tucson for business travel. Mm -hmm. Large segment of our travelers are business travelers. And so if if that component really makes a conscious decision to choose to fly out of Tucson, we will put a dent in that leakage that we have to the north. I like that. And isn't there even more to it than that as as far as the destinations that we have and even the nonstop flights that we have? If they're looking at the numbers, the traffic going to and from the Tucson airport, that will then uh, affect the number of nonstops we have or the destinations we have. So what have been some experiences that where things maybe started and then stopped or we wish they would happen but haven't started yet? Yeah, this is a prime example of the economics of uh, air travel, right? Um, Airlines control where they uh, choose to start a route and and choose to discontinue a route. Mm Mm-hmm. We are talking, our team is talking to airlines all the time about new routes, mm-hmm. additional routes, new planes, et cetera, all the time with all of our airlines. Um, and so prime example of gaps in our system right now is we do not have nonstops to the East Coast. Right. We don't have nonstop to uh, Washington, D.C. We don't have nonstop New York to New York. Right. We had that. We lost it. And it, it's a complicated ap- economic issue, but mm-hmm. the primary driver is filling the plane, right? right? Supporting that route and right. making it work. Um, what we always try to get people to remember is that if you choose to drive up north, that is a segment of your trip. Correct. So you are not avoiding the, you are creating a segment that you would otherwise not have if you flew out of Tucson. Um, it is not simply a nonstop flight from that airport to the north. It is you're adding a segment of travel from Tucson to Phoenix and then flying to where you want to go, where if you got on the plane in Tucson, much easier and cheaper to get to the Tucson airport, nice food at the airport, it's easy, you get on the flight, and then maybe you have to change planes or maybe there's a segment that gets you where you want to go. Exactly. But all of that is you're through security. You don't have yep. to worry about your car, et cetera, et cetera. So that's part of what we're promoting with Fly Tucson First and have been now for over uh, almost two years, I okay. think it is. So, yeah. And we have luggage tags at the office if anyone would like yes, Fly please. Tucson First <laughs> swag. Well, that hour and a half drive gets you on it. I mean, that flight, that's a flight to Denver. Yes, that's you're you're in Denver and then you can go wherever you want or Los Angeles. And here's a key piece of information um, that that used to be because this is the impact of ultra low cost carriers, frankly, is that it used to be that there was enough of a differential in cost of the average ticket Mm -hmm. out of uh, our airport versus the other airport. That that was part of the economics. Um, People, especially for leisure travelers. Part of the economics is is how uh, much, especially if you're traveling as a family, how much am I going to save in terms of if I fly sure. from, from Phoenix? Mm-hmm. But now we have found that the average ticket price is only about a gap of $5. Oh. Yeah, I've actually found a lot of instances where it was cheaper sure. to fly out of yes. Tucson than yeah. Phoenix. Yes. Me too. Yeah. And yeah. more and more, actually, I'm finding that. So that's awesome for the Tucson. It it is. And filling those planes and people making conscious decision to fly out of Tucson only helps our efforts to market to our airline Mm -hmm. saying, look at the planes are full. This, these routes work Mm -hmm. Add another flight at a different time, or it can work to a new destination. And, and we're going to help you make it work Mm -hmm. um, by promotion, et cetera. We, we advertise not just here in town, but primarily in those other cities. Right. We want people them. We want them to see how awesome it is here in Tucson. We during the Super Bowl last year, we put up a billboard in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and on the billboard was simply the weather in Tucson. Because right. the Super Bowl was in early February, and we put seventy degrees and that. sunny in Tucson on the billboard. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I'll post a screenshot yeah. of the weather yeah. every yeah. once in a while for my East Coast friends and family, just to <laughs> be mean. We buy ads. It's kind of a funny, like a weird targeting thing, but we buy ads on the Weather Channel and uh, Weather dot com that are triggered by the temperature in in direct markets uh, Minneapolis <laughs> Chicago and so like if it, it drops below 20 degrees in Chicago then you start seeing visit Tucson ads 
on the weather site I love that that, that city looks at so and it's it's not even like it doesn't point at them or like you right. know it's like hey hey dummy what are you doing here <laughs> it's just like it's just like someone riding a bike but it is i mean i think when people talk about a i don't think people realize like how good we have it in our in the tucson airport as compared to cities our size i agree in other places i i've been in these airports you know and you're like mm-hmm. The, ours is better like service wise and by the number of routes but also just the the difference of when a when a when a line is added which which allows us now frontier it's frontier right to mm-hmm. uh, indianapolis allegiant to, allegiant to, sorry to my indianapolis. mistake yep. uh, yeah and that allows stole us my thunder i was going to make a big announcement yes <laughs> indianapolis allegiant yes that's their that's their latest route but yep. that allows us to market in that community exactly and it it functionally did it before it's very difficult to market in one-stop communities it just mm-hmm. becomes much more difficult because it adds an obstacle for their i bet their bellingham would be a good market too just well, it allows the... us to market in vancouver uh, mm. british columbia which we couldn't before that's really. it that's a the, the bellingham flight is really uh targeted at canadians mm-hmm. who drive down sure. and fly here um from canada um and so that really is our that market niche is trying to get more Canadian visitors mm-hmm. and business people. And what else do we have going on internationally as far as statistics? Who who is coming here the most? What do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean it, it's the markets that you might sort of suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, obviously, it's the biggest international market is Mexico, right? It's not even close. Um, and then it, it really is Canada. The number of Canadians mm-hmm. that come here, I find that uh, because they partially because they have family here or they have homes here. There's complicated business stuff, but Western Canada in particular is a really great market for Tucson. And then it's uh, it's UK. These are not in the right order, but UK, Italy, France, Germany, okay. the main ones. Uh, Germans, because they love cowboys. I mean, just to be really honest, uh, there's yeah. like a, a German author who's like the sort of German version of Mark Twain who wrote about cowboys and Indians and, and all Germans basically want to be cowboys and they, they come to the ranches. But in those market is it is very much like uh, getting out and hiking, biking, uh, the Western stuff is like such a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see stuff from China, Japan, Australia. I mean, there's smaller ones, but the it, it's a pretty steep drop off after mm-hmm. those main um, international markets. And, it, you know, so we we have a tour. We have a, uh, a tour representative who works with tour groups in those areas to bring in more. Uh, more tour groups because that's a big one. But then we have uh, PR efforts in those countries as mm-hmm. well. We had a team from the airport who was – we're talking to uh, Mexican airlines all the time. Yeah, um, please. Right. Yes. Yeah, we, yeah. we had a team in uh, Mexico City uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, again, uh, having discussions with an airline about um, restarting or getting mm-hmm. new service uh, back to Mexico because it's a huge market. Yeah. Um, and it's hugely important for us, and we want to cultivate that um, and encourage that. And so part of our uh, air service development mm-hmm. team efforts are f- very focused on reestablishing Mexican service, regular Mexican service. And both yeah. directions, I would yeah, assume. Absolutely. I mean, our family no, goes sure. to all parts Ab- of Mexico absolutely. often, and yep. it's beautiful. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. It's our neighbor. So. It is a great, I mean, not, I mean, a plug for the chamber and so it, it the the partnership that the chamber visit Tucson and the airport authority and then mm-hmm. Sun Quarter as well. Right. I mean, it really is this like long. It's a it's a lot of work and the amount of effort that these, especially the mm-hmm. airport, is putting into that. But it's it really is like the business community coming together to it say, is. like these flights mean there. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars. These routes mean to Tucson, and so yeah. I, I understand. I I've done it too, where I look at the Phoenix flight, but I'm like, you know, I these flights having them full really is the the key to it's the key, you know. And and they're looking at the math. I mean, it, it was funny talking when the the Indianapolis announcement happened in the first place. I was like, are there really that many people flying? They're like, well, this many per day. It's this many people flying from Tucson to Indianapolis every day, mm-hmm. and it's it, there's some some guy looking at a laptop somewhere at each of these airlines saying that it's, Oh, it's 220 people traveling from Tucson to New York. And, you know, and, and, but the minute that jumps to Phoenix and they know those people are coming from Tucson as well. But I think it was, I want to say it was Allegiant that was looking at the number of people where they were looking at the website, where they were checking in even <laughs> like there, there's um, the people are flying from Phoenix or Mesa or whatever to Indianapolis, but they were checking in in Tucson. Oh. And so they're seeing like, right. Oh, this is a real, such a big market. Yeah. This, the, the route selector 
magic behind the curtain is mm -hmm. often difficult wow. to is difficult to decipher <laughs> right and we're often sort of pu puzzled by why would you not say yes to this route it, right we see, uh -huh. it seems to make total sense and then we are surprised by uh, oh wow you're gonna Put a flight into that location. <laughs> cool, because they're we'll coming here and they're spending their money, sure. right? I mean, we'll that's that's part of the equation. The so. wild success of that Provo route, like Provo, right. it's doing really incredibly well. Yep. It's like yep. it's amazing. So, do you have a, a wish list? Like, what is your number one uh, destination where you wish we had another? Part of my uh, oh god, because um, <laughs> I have many. Part of my well. <laughs> immediately uh, to mind because it directly affects my work uh -huh. is I need a direct flight to the DC area. That would work for um, me too. Could uh, you do that? Uh, I cannot do that. <laughs> it's the, it's the number I, seven destination we, by money. We would, of, we of would tourism. have that if I were, if I were in charge, yeah. we would have that it's now. Very close um, to where I'm from. <laughs> yes. Um, I, you know, I practice there. I live there. I went to school there. I have many okay. friends there. And I I go there at least once a year, most times twice a year, meet with the FAA, as well as talk, go up on the hill and meet with our delegation. And so, Great. and every time we go visit our delegation, they ask me, <laughs> when are you going to get a direct flight, <laughs> direct flight. To, to DC? Right. And I say, well, we're working on it. Mm -hmm. And literally that is... The actual factual answer, we're always working, work, on, working it. on it. Yes. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> so DC is my number one. All right. So what's next for your personal travel? Where are you heading? We are actually headed to the Rhine you to do thing. I know to do your a so Christmas cheap. markets river oh, cruise wow. in early December. I'm really wow. excited about that. That's one. wonderful. We're heading to uh, Alamos, Mexico for Christmas. Okay. And then San Carlos for a few nights coming back. Drive mm -hmm. a nice uh, road trip. And uh, I'm going to Cuba in March. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm excited. What about you? It's all the, all the ones I have booked are work for a while. It's, yeah, we're, uh, yeah. Cindy from our office and I are going to Los Angeles to pitch journalists. All right. New York twice in well, the next couple months. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot we're doing. Uh, visit Tucson. I'll be at the New York Times Travel Show for the first time, and so uh, we're gonna make that New York flight happen by force somehow. We're just gonna get people. We're gonna put them on Keep planes. It'll be right. fine. Yeah. What about you? That's Chris? great. Um, in terms of, we are hosting everything this year, so everybody's coming here to okay. us uh, from Colorado, from uh, from Phoenix. Um, so we're not really going anywhere. Are there a couple of uh, must see destinations you always have your visitors see when they come to tucson um always saguaro national park yep, um always uh anyone who comes to visit it, it's uh one of the unique features of the desert and tucson um right. and we always do i'm a i'm a avid consumer of food and so <laughs> we uh we always uh hit uh all of our favorite restaurants mm -hmm. here in town because mm -hmm. we have such a fantastic variety it's hard to choose i really love that is. problem yep. I love yeah <laughs> there's I love so it. many good restaurants yeah, for in sure. town. Yep. all right well i think what is there anything else anyone wants to say or should we wrap up our inaugural show of the business of this time it was the business of travel and tourism Stay tuned for the next <laughs> business of. I already have a few ideas, but I'll, I'll keep you, I'll keep you curious to see what's up. But uh, tune in to our uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're always posting about our events. We will definitely share the link to this if you didn't catch all of it. And we thank you, Mark, for having us here today. And I appreciate my guests, Misty, Chris, and Dan. My thank pleasure. you. Yeah, thank you, so Heather. Much. The Business Of, an informative podcast with Heather Wilburn from the Tucson Metro Chamber can be heard here continuously on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com.